Hey, it's CK. This week, my guest is Alicia Nicole. The worst part of the job is feeling not respected or being treated with no respect. After years working as a professional photographer, in 2018, Alicia's personal circumstances changed for the worse. I didn't have enough in my bank account to pay my rent, and I was, I was stressed. I was really stressed. Faced with these financial difficulties, Alicia saw the adult sex industry as a viable solution and started work as an online cam girl. The majority of um, my income from cam comes from regular um, big spenders who I form relationships with and connect with, um, who I'll maybe spend sort of an hour a day talking to over cam. A single mum raising a seven-year-old boy in a small town, Alicia's choices, of course, continue to attract hostility. I don't care what they think, but obviously as a human, I have these needs to be to, to be accepted in my community. Do you know what I mean? We all, we all um, it's natural for us to feel rejection and for, for that to be upsetting and in, at times traumatising. I hope you enjoy our talk as much as I did because Alicia and I have tried to get this chat off the ground for ages. Haven't we, Chicken? Definitely. God, yeah, years. Well, it God is. Years. Well, it's funny you say that because I was thinking how long it's been, and it's it, it's probably longer than I anticipate because I remember when I was doing photography a lot, and that's how I discovered you. And we're going to come on to that in a bit because I do find your story like super fascinating in terms of this career pivot that you've had. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I I remember like probably about four or five years ago when I discovered you on Twitter, and to be fair, I. It's a well-documented fact that I hate weddings. I hate being at weddings. I hate shooting <laughs> weddings. I like nothing about weddings, right? Yeah, oh, I feel you. I feel you. But you were one of the few humans, there's probably only two wedding photographers in my life that have been able to actually look at their work without wanting to vomit. But you, you like... Really? Yeah, massively so, massively. <laughs> Your wedding photography was immense. Thank you. I know. I do, uh, no. <laughs> I do look back at it sometimes and think, wow, I do miss um, capturing like that emotion. I think that was where my, my talent sort of lied was in being able to, to capture just the really emotional moments because I'm such an emotional person. Um, I think that's, yeah, I miss that. Like now I just take very sort of soulless, empty Photoshop selfies. And it's not quite as fulfilling um, in many ways, but obviously, you know, I have the—I don't ever have to hear another another best man speech. So, <laughs> do you, do you, do, do you, Alicia, really see it as empty? I mean, if, if the answer is yes, that's fine. But in terms of the selfies that you take for your current work, do you, do you genuinely see it as empty and soulless, or do you see any art in there, or, or anything fulfilling about it, or do you genuinely see it as vapid, as you just said? <laughs> there is obviously you know there's there's some creativity involved um but it's not um i don't know i i get something out of it i get something out of any creative process but for me i'd much rather be able to portray um, emotion more deeply whereas i do think they're sort of less shallow and superficial and and you know easily consumed um which is what sells for you know the target market um they don't want my you know <laughs> my my deep dark photos <laughs> what are these deep dark photos where are they <laughs> 
Oh, oh, they're they're all <laughs> they're all in uh, they're all on the hard drive somewhere. Now, I think initially when I started photography, that was um, like well, the first thing was I wanted to take some nice photos of my son. But then when he went to bed, because he was only a year old at the time when I first um, bought a camera, and then so I take sort of document um, our time together, which was really nice and helped me bond with him because I sort of struggled from postnatal depression and all all of this stuff. Then when he'd go to bed at night, I was then able to just explore my own creativity and my own sort of darkness and probably you know yeah those aspects of, of depression that I've um, had it became like a, a way for me to release and channel that. That's the art that I need to create and that's the art that I don't create for public view. Um, but that's the art that, you know, that's where my passion is. You've mentioned the word art at least three times and you've discussed, <laughs> you've discussed creativity a couple of times and I think that's one of the reasons that I... I suppose that's one of the reasons that I find your story not only intriguing, but relatable to me as a human, not to the masses, but because you and I have discussed online many times that we kind of just have this, we kind of share this demand to be creative in whatever outlet that requires. And I think it's easy for someone on the outside to see you as, inverted commas, just a cam girl. But that's just scratching mm. the surface because for you, I think one thing you prioritise over anything else is just having a creative release, right? Totally, yeah. Yeah, cam, cam girl is just, you know, that's how I make a living. But um, that's not how I define myself. I will always define myself as an artist whether or not I'm, you know, well, I'm still making money from my art. It's just a, a different, totally different kind of art. <laughs> well, you're right. And there's one video. Now, throughout this chat, Alicia, I'm going to pull out some of my favourite tweets from you. And one of them, one of, one of them is a video which I was like applauding. You know, you know that, um, you know that famous gif that people always pull out whenever they want to applaud something someone said. And I think it's an Oscar ceremony or something. <laughs> it's like every time I watch this vid from you on Twitter, I'm like that guy because I get it. But before, before we get on to all of that, before we get on to all of that, I would like to just give you a couple of seconds to take this opportunity to apologise to everyone first. And you're, and I would like you to apologise for your hideous taste in jam donuts you know i'm not gonna i'm not ever gonna apologize for that <laughs> it's outrageous. i will never i will never apologize for that however i haven't had donuts in about a year now i've gone off them completely so you know i'm, I'm not gonna apologize because it's a learning process so you know i can't apologize for who i was why have you not had before we before I'm going to explain why I've asked her to well why I'm demanding she apologizes in a minute but why haven't you had donuts in a year um I've just gone off them I I'm I have phases I go through space I'm very intense person very extreme person so when I got into donuts I was consuming three or four donuts a day I'd a girl I'd a girl <laughs> but now I've now I've had you know I get very I get easily bored I've had my fun with donuts so to give people context, on one of my random board tweets on the 24th of August 2018, I tweeted the following, and this is what I tweeted. I genuinely think if I asked 100 people which they prefer, Sainsbury's Jam Donuts or Tesco Jam Donuts, 600 would pick Tesco's. What the fuck even is Sainsbury's Jam Donuts? 
They taste like chlorine. To which you piped up, Alicia. <laughs> you piped up with, what the actual fuck? Sainsbury's donuts are the best. Tesco's are coated in icing sugar for a start. Better than Morrison's though, but Sainsbury's donuts are the only way to go. And that was when I realised, actually, I don't think I like this woman as much as I thought. <laughs> I stand by that. I stand by that Sainsbury's donuts are still nicer than than the other alternatives. Sainsbury's donuts. The don- jam is a little bit. Uh, the jam has got a very artificial chlorine taste, and I agree with that. But you shouldn't be putting icing sugar on donuts. That's not how it's done. Hang on a minute. I just need to clarify this because you base so you concede my you concede my main point that the jam is disgustingly artificial. <laughs> yeah, but it's not just about the jam. But it is. There's also the dough and the sugar. Last time I looked, they weren't called sugar donuts or dough donuts. <laughs> they were called jam donuts. You can't build a product and undermine like ninety percent of the product. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, all right. I will agree that Tesco has the better jam, but but we have to agree that jam isn't the end product. If it was going on jam, but they're not, then it's not just jam. It's jam donut. I'll tell you what. Let's just agree that I'm right. <laughs> and I'll let you think you're right. Let's just agree that I know that men like that. And let and, and let's progress. So. <laughs> Please, I welcome I welcome anyone to share their thoughts on, on Jam Donut Wars, Tesco or Sainsbury's. In fact, to be fair, I've often thought next time you're in Sheffield, we should take it to the streets, play to Jam, yeah, oh yeah. play to Tesco's, play to Sainsbury's and see how right CK is. I think it's... Um, I think, I think it's we should do that. <laughs> right, let's then. So, to give context, what I have here, Alicia, I, in my research, I've pulled up your adult works page and yeah, I, of course i have i mean listen well i mean listen <laughs> listen like listen you 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 it's everywhere it's on your twitter i mean why wouldn't it be like it's the gateway to your it's the, it's the gateway to you to make a living right so for humans listening i thought it'd be nice to give some context and then we can explore some areas of this and some other because you're you're like you're you're <laughs> you're like all over them. You're in the Daily Star. In terms of like their press articles, the Sun, you write articles for them, you contribute to articles for them, so it's not hard to find you, mate. Yeah, this is true. This is true, but... (laughs) (laughs) I maybe forget that sometimes. I maybe forget how easy it is for people to to find me yeah <laughs> well this is the, there's so, so many questions i'm just i'm just going to read the first three paragraphs then based on what you just said i'm actually going to ask you a question that i've been wanting to ask for a while so let me just read the first three paragraphs hi i'm alicia i'm an intelligent positive open-minded and creative british girl with a sexy petite body perfect peachy ass beautiful <laughs> hypnotic egyptian eyes and cute dimples I concede to the cute dimples bit, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been single for four years. I've always enjoyed sex and masturbation, and I can because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I have an incredibly high sex drive, and I'm constantly horny. I kind of get that as well, actually. Anyway, I'll, <laughs> I like to switch things up and explore all facets of my sexuality. I can be a very, very good girl, or... You can let me take control, and I'll be the dominating fin dom goddess of your dreams. Now, I just so oh, yeah. 
So not everybody's obviously good. That, that not everybody's going to be familiar with adult work. So Alicia, can you give us a quick top line on what adult work is? Yeah, so adult work is a site that I use to come on. It's where I advertise my services and sell content on there. Um, it's my it's my adult page. And I mentioned, which to be fair, I only learned the meaning of this week. Can you elaborate on when you say on here, I can be the perfect dominating Findom goddess? What is a Findom? Well, what is Findom first? Okay, yeah, so Findom is short for financial dominatrix. And uh, that mostly involves taking control of somebody's finances um, for their pleasure you know it's a mutual um, agreement some men find it well not just men but some some humans um find it very gratifying to uh to give over the control of their financial uh yeah their finances i guess one of the reasons I'm so, in many ways, Alicia, I'm really happy that we haven't done this chat until now, because if we'd have done this chat as recently as maybe, I don't know, as recently as three or four months ago, I'd have been just throwing judgments around left, right and centre, not necessarily at you either. It would have been, for argument's sake, right, we we chatted on Instagram direct message this week and I said to you, wow, it's like this is really opening my eyes as I'm researching the adult industry. And that was when I said Findom and the man that is in gets off on you financially dominating him, they're known as sex pigs, right? Is it sex? Yeah, pay pigs. Pay, pay pig. pigs. Excuse me. They're known as pay <laughs> pigs. And I was like, wow, that sounds really harsh, but it's incredibly funny. Right? Now yeah, they like it. That's what they like to be called. They, you know, they they ask to be called piggy and things. Correct. And you replied when I said I'm learning all the terminology, um, pay pigs is making me laugh. You replied with, can you remember what you replied with? Something along the lines of, wait till you hear about blocking. <laughs> so the first thing I did was open up Google. <laughs> first thing I did was open up Google, typed in sploshing, and I was I was in awe. But what I'm saying is, if I'd have typed sploshing into Google three months ago, I'd have been like dickheads. But now I'm like, <laughs> people are into what people are into. Like, what makes me so high and mighty to think that my life is the one by which is the standard by which everyone should live? So yeah, that's exactly. that's why I'm really happy we're having this. I think I've done a lot of growing up in the last three months. But can you please expand on what sploshing is, please, Alicia? Yeah. Okay. So sploshing is usually a messy fetish. Um, can often involve food, um, but generally it's, yeah, it's about mess. They enjoy the mess. So, correct. So it's, you know, maybe one of the models or cam girls would be, I don't know, smearing chocolate gatto over herself or sitting on a cheesecake or whatever, but it invariably involves food, wet, slimy, sloppy food, and the cam girl in question interacting with it for the pleasure of the human giving her money. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, and I was like, oh, well, fair enough. We're all into our stuff, so who am I to judge? I mean, (laughs) the nature of your work, Alicia, is that, like, you know, we've discussed Findom, we've discussed Sploshing, I mean, we've not discussed group group chats, um, private chats, but there's so many different facets of services that you can offer within the broad Mm. umbrella of adult industry, right? So, so many things that you can offer. And I wonder, just 
purely out of curiosity, like how much of your, say, monthly generated income would be a direct result of sploshing, for example, or is that quite a small chunk of it? Yeah, that that would be, um, I'd say any of those kind of fetish calls uh, are usually not a huge amount. The majority of um, my income from CAM comes from regular um, big spenders who I form relationships with and connect with um, who I'll maybe spend sort of an hour a day talking to over CAM. Um, and then the rest of the calls can, you know, they can vary from somebody just pinging in and asking to see your boobs or, you know, or these sort of, yeah, requests like splashing or um, all sorts of things. You get all sorts of requests. So I just want to, again, I'm a massive fan of detail and context. So I was actually quite surprised when you just said there, Alicia, that, for example, a regular might require you to talk to him for maybe an hour a day. Um, so mm-hmm. according to according, according to some of the press interviews that you've given in the past, I don't know if this, this has changed, so please feel free to correct me if it has. But your rates in terms of private chats are £4 an hour, is that right? Four, four pounds per minute. That's yeah. Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> she was like, "Dude, seriously." Yeah. So, so group chats are two pounds a minute, and private is four pounds per minute. Is that still the case? Yeah, I sometimes uh, play around with them a little bit. So, if it's really quiet, I might go down to three pounds per minute. Um, or if I'm not too bothered about having calls and I'm busy doing something else, then I might put them up. Um, to really high I've charged sort of eight pounds per minute before um so yeah I, I do play around with them but generally speaking they're sat at two pounds per minute for, for group chat and obviously if there's three people in group chat that then that is then six pounds per minute um and private is yeah just a one-on-one chat for the set right just take us through an average day of when you say okay camera's open I'm open I, would you physically be there or can you actually just have your cam open but you can be doing something else and you'll get an alert when someone's there ready to chat and whatever take us through an average session yeah exactly so i'd wake up um get myself ready for cam which you know takes <laughs> takes quite a long time these days um and then turn my cam on and just leave my cam on all day long i'm not People can't see me on cam unless they're in a paid chat. So, yeah, just like you said, I'd get a notification saying, do you want to go into this call, group or private, and I'd accept it. So I'm able to get on with my day completely and do whatever I want to do. Um, And just, yeah, that's why I I have it. So when it says that I'm online for 12 hours, I won't actually be in in cam calls for 12 hours. Um, If I'm lucky, I might be in cam calls for six hours, which would, would be a good day. Um, but yeah, for the majority of the time, um, I'm free to do what I want to do. And take me through, so, so you'll get the notification saying that someone is interested and will that notification be based on them? For example, let's say it's not a regular, let's look at two examples, one regular and one non-regular, one newbie, right? So you've got a newbie who has been, Mm -hmm. who has been browsing through the adult work profiles and will that be based on a a combination of photos of you and videos of you or will it just be photos that they see at the first offering? Yeah, the first thing that they usually see is a photograph. Um, there's various ways that you can find my profile. Um, so, you know, they might be looking through uh, providers that are online now or they might be looking through providers that have 
promoted and featured their profile. Um, but initially, they might see a short summary, but the photo will be the first thing that they see. And then they obviously click through to, to look at my profile after that. Yep. And then they, there's probably something for them to select to go online with, with Alicia, right? Yeah. Okay. So from that point when you're there, okay, webcam arm accepted the clock starts ticking and then they're now with it being a a one-to-one thing the clock is now ticking at four pound a minute yeah yeah so this is what fascinates me because what i'm fascinated there's probably a spectrum so you probably experience a spectrum in any given week how quick are dudes to if you'll forgive the term get down to business or how open are they for small talk i'm just absolutely fascinated like how mindful they are of the clock or some don't give a toss about the clock they want to get to know you or yeah totally it's really interesting actually because um yeah you have to try and work and obviously i'm not seeing them they're typing um when we first get into the call as soon as i answer the call they can see me but they're just typing so i have to sort of um be able to work out what they want from from what they're giving me sometimes they will just be straight away do you do this can we do this you know they know what they want and they'll tell you with others you have to sort of work out what it is they want and they don't necessarily give that information over so freely um because you know some clients are just there for the they just want a sex show some clients want uh, to be able to really talk to somebody some of them are really lonely and want to chat some of them are probably there because they want to feel good about themselves. So trying to work out what the client wants and give them what they need when they perhaps don't even know themselves what they're there for. Uh, how, 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 how rare is that? Because it seems to me I'm really fascinated by the fact that you're saying sometimes you have to do you have to do some deep diving into finding out what they want, need, or require. But how how often is it where you have a customer that hasn't got the foggiest? Like, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Um, yeah, quite often. I mean, I have... Uh, not necessarily that they haven't got the foggiest, but I think, you know, perhaps a lot of them are looking for some kind of connection. I think that's what we're all looking for, generally. Do you know what I mean? We're some kind of gratification and feeling that people crave when they either use this kind especially you know with porn it's different it is just sort of gratification that that they want but it's with cam work i think that people are wanting a connection um so it is yeah it's just trying to find out what what connection they're after some of them will tell you that they're married and they're not um you know having getting their needs met in their marriage some of them won't give you any information at all and you have to just sort of work out what it is they they want (laughs) would you would you have a preferred or an ideal interaction which to you as a human being find fulfilling like what do you find most fulfilling as a client like what would your dream interaction involve my favourite interactions, the ones that I love, are where I genuinely have made them feel better. Whether they've come into the chat room not feeling great, and then we've had a chat and they say, wow, I feel really positive now, that that is the most fulfilling for me. Um, and however, you know, whether that's a talk or whether I've made them feel good from showing them my body, whatever it is, 
that's my goal is to to make them happy because that makes me happy is your goal and I, I, I don't know how blunt this will sound, but I'm going to ask you because I'm intrigued. Is your goal, Alicia, to make them happy and you happy or is your goal to make money? Initially, it was financially motivated. Um, and obviously, there's other ways to make people happy. So there is always financial motivation there. But I do get pleasure out of making people happy, both in work and in life. If I can, but obviously, I'm gonna. I'd rather make money making people happy than making people miserable. <laughs> well, that doesn't. That doesn't. For you to say that doesn't sound disingenuous to me, because the older I get, the more I've realised there's a there's a unbelievable joy in self. I mean, there's an unbelievable joy in selflessly helping people for no reason. Now, I know that that isn't necessarily the case in this exchange, but what you're saying is, what you're saying is, is that you actually, as a human, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of full, there's a lot of fulfillment uh, in helping someone and making someone feel better. And I get that. Yeah. I I totally get that. And interestingly, as I was doing some research around this topic, I was actually quite surprised by how many models and cam girls say that many people specifically the naysayers many people underestimate what therapy this is to the customers like so it richly i mean it's a two-way it's two-way therapy i think what you're saying is it's therapy for you and it's therapy for them is that fair to say yes totally totally i think it is therapy it can be therapeutic for both the model and the client um but it's learning not to depend on that for does that make sense it can't be all your it can't fix all your problems, is what I'm saying. I, 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 that, that applies to anything. That applies to anything. That, yeah. that applies to alcohol, to cigarettes, to drugs, to sex. Any source of happiness needs to be a broad spectrum. So get your happiness yeah. Get your happiness from multiple sources, I think is what you're saying, because once you start relying yeah. on one source, you don't, you're, on, you're, on a, you're on a slippery slope, because what happens when that source just for some reason ends? Exactly, exactly. So I totally get that. So I wonder then, conversely, what gets your back up? Now I know you as a human, and I keep I keep using the word human, but I think there's there's value in distinguishing between your work, Alicia, and human Alicia, right? Now yeah. I know human Alicia is very much into I don't know what's the word I'm looking for here. I know you're very much into like manners and treating people well like you treat people well people treat you well but I know you're very much into that so I think I know what the answer to this is going to be but give me an example of a worst case scenario like what would be a bell end customer yeah well straight away if they come in to my room I'll have some that'll say show me your tits or take them off and I'm not into that or um if they want a dominating sort of conversation then yeah we'll discuss that after you've you know, firstly said, please, I just can't stand being treated with no respect. You know, if I was a waitress and I was giving somebody a coffee, they they would say, please. So I, I expect to be treated the same. Um, that That is my main um, concern is not concern, but the worst part of the job is feeling not respected or being treated with no respect. And how, 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 common would that be like is that common or is it actually most people most customers get that the that the, that the women want to be treated with some degree of respect or do you actually see it quite a bit um i do see it quite a lot some days 
it just seems to be all some days I just seem to attract them all. I don't know. <laughs> that says um is saying something about my state of mind at at the time to to be attracting that kind of customers. But um no. I had a day the other day where there was no rude ones at all and that's rare. So usually at least a couple are gonna be either rude or just disrespectful in some way. Are you familiar with the online platform called reddit alicia i don't know because i've only really are you familiar with reddit I've, I've heard a bit but i've never i've never actually used it i've i've dipped my toe in slightly but the reason i reference is I've, I've pulled out some comments from the naysayers in terms of cam work i'm going to share with you some things that i've read but i don't necessarily think you owe anyone an explanation but knowing that some people share these opinions i'd be curious to give you an opportunity to at least give some reply if you wish to. So this person says, what really gets me about this is the whole it's empowering argument. Yeah, it's really empowering knowing that you are putting your entire future in jeopardy since you'll get fired when people find out you were involved in porn. Now, by the way, there's a difference between porn and what you do. I get that. But let's just ignore the porn bit and just use the broad adult industry term. I mean, is, do you have any thoughts yeah. to that? Yeah, um, I would say, you know, they need to question why they find the whole empowering thing offensive or why that upsets them. If I, I'm, I'm telling you that I find it empowering. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, if they have this opinion on something that they're not doing, <laughs> then they need to look into why they have those thoughts and feelings. It's not, it's not my problem. I'm not going to sit here and prove that I'm empowered. I don't need to, to do that. I think it's, it, it's their issue, basically. They, it, they have, for whatever reason... They, and that's, you know, what I'd encourage them to do is find out the reasons why they think that it's not empowering. The thing is, right, in the past, whenever I've been aware of, you know, young women who get into porn at the age of 20 or whatever, because I know that CK at 20 years old is very different to CK at 40 years old. So I'm always very mindful of that change that happened in 20 years. But I've got the luxury of knowing that the only thing that I did in my 20s, which I'm not keen on now, is just shit YouTube videos. But <laughs> I'm always really curious about, what happens when for example and by the way i keep using the word porn and i know that there are different there is a difference between porn and and cam cam work right um mm -hmm. but if we again if we just look at the adult industry per se i've always been fascinated about okay so i'll start at 20 and i wonder in, in 20 years time when i've got that in my back in my, in my backstory how would i feel about that and i'm curious to get your thoughts on that i mean you're not a million miles away from 30 now so it's a little bit different but either way like do you ever think maybe in 20 years time how will i reflect on this time i'm curious on your thoughts on that um i don't think i'll have any i certainly will not have any regrets and i know that for some people yeah it is valid they don't want the association and the stigma of sex work attached to their name and to their future career opportunities for me I feel like I don't have anything to hide and that it's, it can only contribute to my experiences and anything that I can do in the future. I think that I'll always have, you know, I'm not going to go off and have a job in the police force, for example, or anything that where it could be damaging to my career. Um, if anything, I'll continue to 
because you create a field and in which case this has been a huge you know really an experience that is invaluable and can contribute positively to my my future uh, equally i wonder and this is a question that i was thinking earlier on like if you how co <laughs> I'm a massive overthinker, so all of my questions always come from the point of view of someone that would be thinking all the time if I was doing this. So say, for example, you're out with, you, with your girlfriends and, yeah. and a, a dude that you find attractive comes over and starts talking. He's super friendly, super polite, super engaged. He's genuine, or rah, rah, rah. And he's almost the kind of guy that you would think, is this guy too good to be true? Is there ever a voice in your head thinking, has this dude seen me online? Hence, he's, that's why he's interested. Um, no. <laughs> well, for a start, I don't, I can't remember the last time I went out to a bar and had that kind of interaction <laughs> with, a, with another person. And, um, and yeah, I don't think, yeah, it, it bothered me. I, I'm delighted that's your answer. And I'll tell you why I'm delighted that's your answer is because I'm super self-aware. And I know that the kind of thoughts I have are, almost invariably exclusive to me and nobody thinks that much like you're probably thinking cool handsome dude meanwhile ck's thinking has this guy seen my dick now the two things are a little bit different but you take my point <laughs> I don't even, I don't... no i understand it would be like a, a thought that maybe maybe if i was more i think because i'm quite happy you know i don't care if they've seen me online whereas if I had any sort of insecurity or if I was not public about it, does that make sense? It, again, I love the answer because I, that's another thing. That's another one of the massive question marks for me. It's like, but I think this speaks to society at large whereby we seem to cloak sexuality over, under this weird, this weird taboo when really it's, yeah. ju it's just bits of body that we've all got. So, yes, exactly. So, exactly. So what I'm trying to do here, I'm trying to actually critique my own analysis, which isn't easy. So what I'm saying is like my default would be I as a human wouldn't necessarily want my bits on the internet. But then there's another bit of me that's kind of very new that's saying, why? We've all got the same bits. What's the problem? Yes, exactly. Um, for me, I don't think that any of my genitalia is any different or, you know, like... Yeah, like you say, we sexualize and there's, in a negative way, as if sex is something seedy and perverted. That's not how it is. Sex is part of human nature. We're designed to be sexual, you know. My question is this. I wonder if sexuality wasn't so hyper-sexualized or wasn't considered such a taboo thing. My argument is would that adversely affect your source of income? Because if we didn't see it as titillation or a big deal, then it wouldn't, that's exactly, then there would be no transactional, there'd be no financial transaction there because we wouldn't see it as a big deal. So almost the taboo element of it is necessary for, yeah. it's almost necessary for the, in, for, for the industry, the adult industry to function, right? Surely. Yes. Yes, completely. Completely. It, it, if there was, if, sex was normalized like you say it, there wouldn't be the same demand it is purely there because it's you know such a something that people i don't know 
I guess I, I guess what you're saying is that people who actually condemn it and see it as taboo in some bizarre irony, were they not to and was to everyone to be just cool with it and it's just, well, it's just a vagina, it's just a penis, it's just a pair of tits, then in a weird kind of way, if we all actually just became conditioned to that enough, then that would almost end the industry because they're like, what's the big deal? It's just a naked woman. Yes, yeah, completely, completely. Very bizarre. Chew on that, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's well, a paradox, isn't it? That, it yeah. <laughs> it is the bizarrest of paradoxes, but I think there's something in it, personally. Um, and this, but, you know, that said, I still don't want my penis online, but... I have unflinching respect for the fact because I just want to spend some time in my own head not thinking about stuff. And for someone to say, and we're going to go into your time as a photographer, but for someone to spend a number of years as a fashion and wedding photographer and then suddenly think, nah, this isn't for me. Adult industry, thank you. Here I come. To hell with to hell with any condemnations I receive. There's something quite, I, I find that, almost admirable just that i don't give a shit mentality in of itself i find admirable because i'd be probably giving too many shits so yeah let's take a step back to 2018 then alicia when you lost a job in fashion photography which is what took you into this industry so yeah how many years were you working as a photographer until 2018 when you took your step into the adult industry um, so I started photographing weddings in 2014, um, so it'd be four years. I was four years into my um, photography career. Um, I'd done weddings, I'd done a lot of weddings, and like you say, you know, that you don't like them. They did get to a point where I stopped enjoying them. I found them, some of them very materialistic and not really about the emotion anyway, so that wasn't what I was about and obviously the higher the price point that you know the more I charged the more likely I was gonna get those kind of clients um I was about the love and, and not the money for photographing weddings and then um then my son started school and obviously working weekends wasn't ideal so I got a job working uh doing fashion photography in the week uh, and then yeah I lost my job for, with a dis, after a disagreement with management, <laughs> um, I don't I don't work very well for the people. I think I have to be self-employed. Um, yeah, and and I was struggling for money and thinking, okay, well, there's not going to be many photography jobs. I could go back to weddings, but I've sort of had enough of that. Um, looked into the jobs that were local to me. I'm in the middle of a small little town. I don't drive. I was pretty limited with with my options really um in in finding a job in the creative field certainly um and my other options were minimum wage jobs that would weren't flexible you know so the idea of working from home from my bed being able to constantly be at home being able to be there and for my son when when he needs me was just yeah great and then the the fact that i can earn so much money from it as well is just a bonus so in your first week of setting up online, according to my spies, you <laughs> made £700 in your first week. I did. Which was something of an eye-opener, I'm guessing. Yeah, totally. I was so thrilled. At that point, I, had, I didn't have enough in my bank account to pay my rent. And I was, I was stressed. I was really stressed. Um, and 
you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. And then all of a sudden, I made enough to pay my rent and my bills for the month in a week. Um, that's the kind of money that I would make photographing a wedding initially. And that was not just a day's work. You know, there's a lot of post-production and pre-work that you do into photographing weddings. So to be able to make that in a in in a week, sorry, was yeah, was really positive. If and you... I can now make that in a night. <laughs> Correct. Now, if anyone listening to this goes on, and this is what I find really fascinating, and I've got so many questions around this. If you go back far enough on Alicia's Facebook page, because it's not like you decided, right, adult industry for me, time for a new page. If you go back far enough, you'll see, for argument's sake, I don't know, like July 6th, 2018, beautiful wedding. Then you'll see July 20th, same month, right, adult industry for me. <laughs> it's like, it's just, Really? I thought I need to go I need to go back and look because that's my that is yeah <laughs> How I had no idea that it was that, you know, such a such an abrupt change. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not like it's not like one day there was a picture of a beautiful bride bridal dress and the next week it was your bits. It's not that. Like I think yeah, there was there, yeah. I think there was a bridge, but nevertheless, it's just the fact that it's on the same page, it's the same Alicia, this is me, which is what I'm saying. So I'm yeah. cu I'm curious because the nature of wedding photographers is in many instances it's a very special relationship between a wedding photographer and the bride and groom because it's such an intimate day. It's like it, depending on which argument or theory you listen to, it's the biggest day of their life. The reason I say depending on who you listen to because I think that's dog shit. <laughs> but but yeah. but yeah, depending on who you listen to, it's the biggest day of someone's life. So I'm really fascinated on if since the change any of your former clients have either shown disapprovement and actually sent you a direct message saying i can't believe you uh, this is just me getting almost like some hollywood film i can't believe you photograph already or yeah. or at the at the extremes which actually i'd find deeply amusing any former any former grooms that have like tapped you up on dms <laughs> hello <laughs> well see that that was one of my reasons for stopping wedding photography because this happened before i'd even got into the into the adult industry. I'm so sorry, Matt. I've just uh, got a parcel being delivered, so bear with me. I'm ever so sorry. Hi. Thank you so much. Thanks. Um, okay. <laughs> Mr. Parcel Force. Is it a toy? <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> it's a jumper. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so before I'd even got into doing... Um, any kind of adult work. One of the grooms had approached me uh, whilst he was married, not long after the wedding, and come on to me, which I found, you know, it was horrible. It was a really, really not very nice experience for, for me, and it totally put me off weddings completely. Um, so this is what I mean. Men have sexually objectified me for free without my permission. And now, so now I'm profiting from it. <laughs> Alicia, do you mean he hit you up via? Did he slide into your DM, DMs? It, it was even worse than that. It was a. I I'll, I'll try and uh, keep because obviously you know other people involved. I'll try and keep it as brief as possible and not reveal too much about them. But reveal, uh, reveal. <laughs> reveal <laughs> that shit. In the, they were also in the creative industry and had offered to work with me on a project that sounded really exciting. Um, and they said, I'll come over. We'll, we exchange the emails talking about 
this creative project and then they were going to come around and uh, talk about it with me. But then, yeah, they made a move. And uh, and that was, yeah, not not, not very, not great experience. <laughs> Whilst still in a state of marriage? Yeah, that wife was, was pregnant at the time. Right. I, yeah. Okay. So I'm guessing then um, there haven't been any brides that have said anything since the, since the pivot. No, nobody's nobody's actually said anything. If anything, um, I've, my old clients have been really, really supportive, um, especially ones that I had relationships with prior to actually photographing that wedding. Sure. Um, they've obviously been great. Yeah, I get that. And I think in your defence, you have mentioned in a few interviews that, of course this career pivot didn't come without any 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 anxiety on your part from a family and friends point of view right i don't know if you want to expand on the experience you had with that um yeah with with telling with telling my um, i mean i was a, my my mum's not necessarily like she's a little bit of a prude and and i was concerned about what she thinks and obviously i think members of my family that are closer in age to me are a little bit more open minded about stuff, but I was there was certainly some concerns with with telling my mum and just how she was going to take it. Um, but I think all of the people in my life are happy if I'm happy. You know, they're they're not judging me on on anything. They they love me for for who I am, regardless of how I make money. And again, you've referenced a moment ago, Alicia. You mentioned your son. You mentioned the small town. So that is just. For me, again, maybe I'm wrong. For me, that's just almost a cocktail of just potential hassles on a daily basis, whether it's the school run. And again, you've touched on this in the past, but I'd love you to expand on it now if you've got, if, if you'd like to, on in terms of how that has played out. Do you know the, the school run? Are you sometimes mindful, or do you not? Just do you, are you just at the point now and you don't care because you live in Buxton, which is a super small village, right? Yeah, yeah, and it does. It does affect. Um, like I don't leave the house very much because of where I because of you know I'm, I'm in this sort of town. Um, ideally, if I'd not I'd not be here. <laughs> in an ideal world, I wouldn't live here. But obviously, I have a child and his his father's here, so I need him for support. And yeah, um, it does affect. I I don't want to do the school run if I'm completely honest because I know that I'll get judgment and I don't need to look have to face that negativity. It's sort of like you know I'll avoid reading negative comments about me because I don't need that constant. Alicia, can you tell us how that how does that negativity on the school run manifest itself? Is it just whispers? Is it eye? Is it eye rolls? Is it people looking at you? What is it? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, it's generally just funny looks and it's sort of a look of disgust <laughs> that I have sometimes. Um, nobody's ever actually said anything to me on the on the street. No sort of parents have anyway. Um, but yeah, it's just a general feeling of of made to feel sort of not welcome. Is that that depending on your regardless of your strength of character? I'm even for me. I would Im- I don't know like is that quite isolating? Um yeah to a degree but like I I am just you know I don't I don't care what they think but obviously as a human I have these needs to be to to be accepted in my community do you know what I mean we all we all um 
it's natural for us to feel rejection and for, for that to be upsetting and in, at times traumatizing. But yeah, like you say, it's just about being strong and not not depending on, not letting the opinions of other people affect me. I guess what I'm really interested in, because I was thinking about this ahead of our talk in terms of your son, and I was I was curious because the the society default is to slip into that poor son's going to get this at school, he's going to get taunts, he's going to get that. And then I started thinking, well, that's how I would have thought once upon a time. So how's the grown-up version of me thinking? I thought, well, is there is there room for the argument that there's maybe, maybe you're in a position to give him a full, more balanced outlook on sex and sexuality and humans and the human body? I think there is an argument for that. But I'm curious, what do you say to people who say that, poor boy is going to get taunts in the playground etc yeah so i would say i have faced similar taunts um my mum was uh in a same-sex relationship when i was nine from when i was nine to growing up so i've i've you know i had oh your mum's a lesbian your mum's lesbian you know now i think we're a little bit more open-minded but in the 90s it wasn't so much like that um, and also being Egyptian in a 98.8% white town growing up as, you know, my skin's not, not even that brown, but just the fact that I had a different, like I used a, um, an Egyptian last name and things, you know, I got a lot of, a lot of stick for things that were out of my control. And I do realize that my son may possibly face judgment and discrimination based on my career. But all I can do is try and educate him, like you say, and, and give him an, an open, broad mind and, and also, you know, help him to learn how to not let those comments affect him because they do. They do. It hurts, but you have to be strong. And, and I certainly don't hold anything that, you know, I'm, I'm not angry that I'm Egyptian. I'm not angry that my mum was in a same-sex relationship. Those bullies and the people who made me feel like I should be ashamed of that, made me incredibly strong. So I, I thank them, and, and that's what I will teach my son to do, is to be thankful for the people who try and make his life hard because they're actually building his character and making him a stronger person than they'll ever be. Can I ask, Alicia, how old the little man is? He's seven. Seven. And have you, in those seven years, has it started? in terms of him getting the taunts? Is, like, is this something we're talking about on the horizon or has there been incidents when it's already happening? No, as far as I'm aware, nobody has ever, um, you know, he's, he's faced a little bit of teasing and, you know, kids not being nice to him, but nothing, not gen- not because of my work. I, I think that, you know, perhaps when he gets to high school and he's um, connected with more more of the town... At the moment, he's, you know, just in a smaller school. Then perhaps that's when, you know, things will start. And, but I can't, I can't live my life worrying about other people's opinions and how it might affect, you know, my son and his son. Do you know what I mean? I have to sort of live my life high. And he's going to get, I don't know, that's perhaps not the right way to put it, but people will get bullied for any differences or anything that, they show that isn't the same that they can't relate to so if it wasn't you know me being a cam girl it might be me being Egyptian or it might be 
you know, they find something to, to try and get you down for. It's just trying to help him to not let them bring him down. Well, knowing you as, I mean, you know, based on the... Based on the moderate interaction that we've had online, I'm, you know, you are, you, you are like very bright, you're super articulate. So I'm genuinely fascinated by how I'm guessing, I'm guessing that you're the kind of character that would actively try to preempt that by having a very frank, albeit, you know, measured conversation with him ahead of that. So, i.e., explaining to him what Mummy does before anybody else does. So I'm just yeah. I'm just speculating you've maybe had that conversation in some fashion. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um not not so long ago actually. When he when he brought up um people perhaps you know, being mean to him about things, that's when I'm able to tell him about my own experiences and, you know, tell him how why these people are doing this and that it's not you know, it's not his problem and yeah. I just want him to always feel like he's strong enough to, to not let those people get him down, basically. That's all my goal is. I, I totally understand that. And again, like I said, it's 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 a relationship that it's a relationship that you have always cherished, certainly online, because for as long as we've been hanging out on social media, there's always your little man's always been part of your occasional posts, you know, that is that, yeah. that, that, that bright blonde hair of his. Um, so, you know, he's, 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 he's always present. And I guess, you know, there's, there's an argument for saying when you left the fashion photography industry in 2018, like at the, at the form, forefront of your thoughts probably were, was less your future and security and more his. Again, I'm speaking on your behalf, so you're welcome to correct me, but it, you, there, there were difficult times and you were like, what can I do for my son rather than what can I do for Alicia? I'm speculating here again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. That will always be, you know, making sure he has his needs, his basic needs met. Both of us have our basic needs met. Is uh, is undoubtedly the priority. I can't argue with that. I think... Well, I've got I've got one quote that I lifted from your from your Twitter feed. There was there was a lot of funny ones, but this one's quite this one's quite heartfelt, and I just wanted to share it. And this is what Alicia posted on Twitter a few months ago. The next time you feel lonely, know that you are never truly alone. And the next time you feel angry or upset with someone else, know that they are just you in another form, and thank them for teaching you, for deepening your understanding of yourself. I know this is deep shit for a cam girl, but it's not just my legs that are wide open. It's my mind and my heart. And it's like, that was just such like, that was just bizarrely bittersweet. It's like quite a beautiful thing. But then there's the highly graphic image of you with your legs akimbo. And I'm like, dude, there's no need. Ah, oh, dearie me. Dearie me. Yeah, those were one of my late night musics. Um, I don't know. I just sort of, Sometimes I need to explain my notes. If you could see my notes on my phone, honestly. <laughs> the, the most random collection of, you know, the thoughts that I have on in my head. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. I think that, yeah, I stand by that one. I'll back down on the donuts, but I'm not backing down on that one. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for conceding your taste in donuts is dog meat. I'm, I'm super proud of you. Had a girl. Had a girl. Fair dues. Well, listen, it's a joy, and I, like I said, I reckon this will be one of many chats we'll have over the over, over the next few months or years or whatever. But yeah, I'm wishing you an awesome day, Alicia. You too. You too. It's been lovely. Thank you so much. A pleasure. I'll speak to you soon. Bye.
Take care. See you later. Bye. Bye. You can follow Alicia on Twitter and Instagram by searching Alicia Etc. That's E-L-Y-S-I-A-E-T-C. And you can find me everywhere by searching CK Golding. That's C-K-G-O-L-D-I-I-N-G. Or search the Worry About It Later podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you next week.